As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. James, we are into March. Uh, it's springtime. It's starting to get a little warmer. Are you your spirits lifting? I'm afraid, Jonas. I don't know if you looked outside today. It's not that much warmer. <laughs> it looks warm. It's, it's sunny. It is minus nine currently. Yeah. And clear. You know what though? Sunday, thirteen degrees. Are you serious? Yeah, but it's gonna. I don't. I don't understand the weather here. I mean, I've lived here 17 years, and I still am confused because you get one day where it's minus nine, and then two days later it could be, could be 13 degrees, and then it'll go back. You're right. Yeah, I'm looking at my AccuWeather app, and today m- minus four, Friday two, Saturday or Saturday two, and then just 16, and then the next day three, and then four. Great. You know what I've learned, Jonas, is March is not good weather here. Like, there's not, it, there, you don't really come out of it because there's still going to be snowstorms and cold days on like March 18th or whatever. Yeah, it's like a tricky bastard. Like, it just like, it kind of <laughs> fools you and makes you think like, yeah, not, spring's coming. And then the next day it's like snow, rain. No, not again. Never again. I've learned my lesson. Should we yeah. just do a weather podcast yeah, today? I think so. I, in BC, it was like it gradually got better in March and you could like golf by the end of the month. And like here, it's just like, you don't know what you're going to get. All right. Well, 
we can we can just keep talking weather if you want but we have a big guest coming on the show uh down goes brown dgb you may have heard of him yeah uh so we have a lot to get into with him uh, he, he likes it when i call him dgb especially when we're in like a crowded establishment and i yell it out does he actually or like he finds that annoying <laughs> I think it's his um, like least favorite thing that has happens in his life. Okay, well, I'll be we'll be sure not to call him that. Uh, so obviously, there's a lot to get into. A lot going on with the Leafs right now, uh, which we'll we'll dive into with DGB. Down goes Brown. Um, the Buffalo game, not a good game for the Leafs. Obviously, here's here's where I, what I struggle with sometimes in in this job. How much do you make of like one game? Like I was listening to, to Sheldon Keefe afterward, and it's like, do we do? Does every game need to be like a, you know what I mean? Like a, a full scale evaluation. What's wrong? Like, is this an, a yeah, wake up call? I don't know. Like to me, Jonas, it's not just one game though. Like to me, like they've been kind of just meh for a little while now. Fair, fair. I mean, they played pretty well in Washington. I think they have not great. I think they have pretty six well. losses. In their, their in their last eleven games, I think, and some of the wins have been like allow seven goals against Detroit. Yeah, but that was goaltending. Like that wasn't. It's not like they they were horrible in that game. Some of those goals weren't even chances. Like they weren't even half chances. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for the Leafs, goalies are part of their team. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Do you know what I mean, though? It's just like, it's a long year. Like, they're not going to be great all the time. And yet, like, you look at their record and, like, they're... What's their record right now? 35, 15, and 4. Yeah, but the abs are 40 and 2 or whatever they are. Okay. They're, like, literally... The problem with some of these games, I think, is more that it's just costing you points in the division like you lose to montreal you lose to columbus you lose to buffalo you win those games or two of those games or whatever you're leading the division and those are not those are not good teams you know what i mean so that's where it's damaging that's what morgan riley said after the game right like we're we're leaving points on the table that that we need right now yeah like the division right now as we stand and we're recording this on thursday morning tampa 76 florida 75 toronto 74 i think to answer your question jonas you don't read too much into one game but it just feels like there's been more than one game to me anyway that there's been and i know the goalies have not been very good for two months now longer than people think they've had bad goaltending for a while now yeah Two months, and not right. just bad, like the worst. Well, we were talking about worrying about Campbell, like right coming out of the COVID break. So that's like mid December. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and obviously, their defense right now is in a weird position. Like they tried Sandine with Riley, and like you would always say, like in the past, like why don't they just try shit? And like, there's a reason why you don't try shit, like because it it can blow up in your face. And now it's not all on Rasmus Sandin. Like he's a, that wasn't. I still say you try him. shit. And if you're going to try shit, you try it against Buffalo. And if, if you can't overcome, if you can't beat Buffalo because you got different defense pairs, then there's something bigger that's wrong. Yeah. But he was exposed on like two or three goals and they didn't generate anything. So, so maybe they're not winning that game no matter what. Um, but Keith said afterward, like, that's that's the end of that. Well, so I, <laughs> someone asked him, uh, 
someone asked him, do you think you might go back to that again? <laughs> and he's like, would he say probably not? No, I think he said no. I, I think he like ruled it out right away. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm done with that. Which well, I think is understandable. Well, who knows like what injuries you run into? Like, what if you get two more guys? Like, you might have to use it again. So, it's kind of funny to like say, I'll never touch that defense pair ever again. Yeah, what's what's interesting is I thought they really played well off each other offensively. Like you could kind of see what he was thinking. Obviously, it created the first goal. Um, you they they paired really nicely that way, but defensively, obviously, it's going to cause some problems. And like this is kind of the issue right now. Their defense is like in a really weird place. Like it's very much in flux. You understand what he's trying to do by breaking up Riley and Brody. He's trying to like at least have a reliable guy on two pairs instead of just one. Um, but right, they're, Jonas. They're, he said probably not when someone asked him if he was, would go back to that pairing again. It's exactly okay. what he said. It's the direct okay. quote. I don't think you were. You weren't. You weren't on. Congratulations. On, you weren't, weren't listening to the post game press conference. No, I listened this morning. Oh, okay. Well, that's allowed, I guess. Yeah. But your tweets will be like really late if you. Yeah, I'm kind of good with that. That's okay. Um. Are we ready for, for Down Goes Brown? Yeah, he's had to sit there and be tortured and listen to us for the last four minutes. So, we Oh, you should have told me. I wasn't looking at the Zoom. We might as well involve him in the party. All right. He's the legend. He does not like when James calls him DGB, though. We, he right? likes it. He likes it when you do it like this, where you go, DGB! <laughs> I, I, like it, I like it the first time. About the seventh or eighth, it starts... I start. It really yeah, have you noticed James like will not quit a bit once he's yeah. got it? Like he just forever. Yeah, especially when it's three a.m. at the Tiki Bar in Tampa. <laughs> like at some point, <laughs> and all all the Finns are all just looking at us like, "What yeah. the hell's yeah, going the on?" Yeah, the Finns are just getting started. Like, who are these lightweights? What's going on? Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. That's like seven yeah. years ago. Seven years ago now. So yeah, we need. We need a Leafs lightning series here and you'll have to, we'll have to bring you down just for the 3 a.m. Yeah. We might get it. one. We absolutely might get one and it might not be a very long one, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. All right. So Shauna, here's what I want to start with, with you. I, I feel like you're, I think you're like the, the best historian right now for Leafs. I don't know if you like that or if you think that's true, but that's what I think. I think if there's anyone who needs Leafs history, you should be the guy. And I was thinking about the goaltending for the last 20 years, 15 years. And it's like, they really haven't had like a guy guy, like who, like, you know, you go back to Belfort and and Joseph, like they've kind of missed that really since those guys, like you could, you could say Frederick Anderson, but like you get into a playoff series and like, Anderson would have his moments. What yeah. do you think? It, what do you think has gone on with the goaltending in Toronto? It's well. It, let me. I'll, I'll start you off with a, a little factoid that I I dug up the other day, just because I started wondering about this. Because with the way the goaltending's going with the Leafs right now, if they don't make a move, it certainly looks like. I mean, if the if the playoffs started today and you had to go in with Campbell and and Mrazek and for, I, obviously you wouldn't feel very confident, but that would be a situation where it probably becomes a hot hand, right? Like you're gonna start who you're gonna pick one guy to start and they have a bad game, you swap the other guy in, which is not all that unusual. We see teams every year 
go into the playoffs with with two goalies and they bounce back and forth. Do you know the last time that the Toronto Maple Leafs used two starting goaltenders in a playoff run? Is it like the 60s? <laughs> it's not quite that far back. It's not back to the the, the famous Bauer Brewer, yeah. but you got to go back to 1990, huh. which is the the uh, uh, that was the year they played against the St. Louis Blues. It was Alan Bester oh boy. was the last Maple Leafs goalie to lose his starting job. And if you if the old timers uh, might remember, that was the year the Leafs were pretty good. They were 500 for the first time forever. They lose two games in St. Louis. They come back to Toronto. They have a great comeback. Send the game to overtime, and then that's the Sergio Mameso game. The the he he basically beats Bester five hole from beyond the blue line. They go to Jeff Reese the next night. Ever since then, every playoff run, and I know you know it's the Leafs, but they're they're in the playoffs uh, as often as not. It was Felix Botvin, Curtis Joseph, Ed Belfour, the one year James Reimer where you know, he played well until the until the collapse. And then Freddie Anderson and, and Jack Campbell last year. There has never been a situation in the 30-plus years where the Leafs have not at least known who the starter clearly was. And yeah, Freddie Anderson, you're right. He had had some struggles, and you were always certainly uh, holding your breath in, in Game 7s. Yeah. But you always knew Freddie Anderson was the guy. There was never that I can remember any serious talk of, hey, do we go to the backup for this next game? Do, do, do we give him a rest? Nobody's got hurt. It's always been one guy the whole way through, uh, getting all the starts. A couple of backups have come in in blowouts or that sort of thing. It's it's always been one guy, and this is the first time in a very long time in Toronto that they could be going into the playoffs saying, "We're not sure that we've got one guy that we're just going to ride the whole way." All right, James, I have a follow up. If you're not going to follow up, okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't actually don't have a follow up. I just oh. thought I had to. I thought I had to say something. See, well, yeah. <laughs> this is I our professional show here, Sean. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really good. Yeah, so, we've been going for ten years now, almost. Yeah. So <laughs> you could tell, it's smooth, <laughs> good chemistry. So I don't think I'm going to go on a limb and, and say I don't think that that's ideal to to go into the playoffs and be like, hopefully one of these guys is okay. Like I'm looking through the the cop champions and it's like you you could certainly say that now well, but, well here's the thing if you look at the recent cup champions there have been a few a few uh, you know obviously pittsburgh with the the matt murray years and mark andre fleury yeah uh washington mm-hmm. remember the year that they won with Braden holpe they started uh with the, grubauer, the, the no? first couple of games they went with grubauer and then and then lost those games now you're right it's not ideal i mean it's not ideal to start one guy lose cam go ward down, go down Two nothing. Cam Ward's the Cam fam- Ward was another one of the famous guy. Ones. You know, it's so so, and there have even been teams that have kind of gone in that way by design, and they're just you know who's going to start tonight? We'll see. You know, we're we're watching to see who's going to get the the starters net in in practice. Uh, but yes, I mean, certainly, if you had to pick, you want to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Going, hey, we need a veteran backup for. Andre Vasilevsky, who's going to play 20 games during the season and then grab a baseball cap because you're not playing in the playoffs. He's our guy. He's going to play every single night. We've got no doubt about it. Um, and uh, that's that's where you want to be. Um, but if you can't be there, then having two guys you trust is not a bad backup plan. What you don't want to be is what the Leafs would be right now, which is zero guys <laughs> that you trust. And you're just yeah. you're just praying every uh, every night that the guy you drop in there happens to heat up. 
Well, it's funny. You go back like a month, four or five weeks ago, Sean, and, and everyone's talking about the trade deadline and, oh, they, you know, the Leafs got to get a defenseman because Muzzin and Hall hasn't worked out and that's got to be the number one priority. And you look at what's happening with the second line. It's like, you know, if they can, ideally, they'll get a top four defenseman and they'll try and add uh, a forward. And, you know, maybe there's enough cap space where they Pridham can get creative and they can fit that in. <laughs> and then now you go another month later and it's like, okay, so they, so they still need a top yeah. four defenseman. <laughs> and yeah. the second line's not that good. So they probably need a top six winger if they can fit it in. And we're not really sure about the goalies either. Yeah. So it's Now like, we need Mark andre <laughs> Just a number one goalie too. <laughs> and like, I remember like halfway through the season, you know, you would always hear if, if you're a Leafs fan, anytime you'd, you'd say anything, everyone always says they're capped out, they're capped out, they're capped out. And James, you wrote some good pieces where you were like, no, they're not. There are, uh, you know, there are ways to, to find some space. Certainly when you look at, uh, they've got their draft picks this year to trade. They've got a few prospects. I don't think they have a lot of prospects that that move the needle on a trade talk, but they've got two or three. That's enough to go out and get one very good piece to add to a lineup. And and if if that's your final piece of the puzzle, you're in good shape to make that happen. And obviously, with with this team and 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 the history, you you do that. You don't worry about five years from now. You 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 need to win this year. But now it's like, you know, there's just leaks springing up all over the dam and there's there's only so many of those that you can plug. And now, I mean, do do they have the space and the assets to go out and make three significant trades? No, they they almost certainly don't. So what do you do? And the, I guess the one piece of good news is this is all happening a few weeks before the deadline. If If this was happening... After the deadline, you're screwed. If this was happening right at the deadline, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when the David Ayers game happened and it was like two days before the deadline and, and you're like, how do we even factor that in? Yeah. They do have time to think about it. They do have time to, to figure it out. Maybe some some things can, can sort themselves out by then. But um, yeah, you, you look at this team and it feels like there are three clear areas of need. Um and it's, but the good news is it's only four defense and goalie. Other than that, they're they're pretty well. Set. It's only a number one goalie, a, a top yeah. six winger, and a top right. four defenseman. Those are easy things I mean, to get, right? Yeah, the, exactly. You get all those guys, and you're they're, fine. They're keeping the coach, I guess. I, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, they they Probably. like they like who they like their two best players. They're good with. That. I think I I feel like mascot is is fine. Yeah. I feel uh, like you're good there. But so. The, the goaltending. I mean, you, you call Philadelphia and you find out if Gritty's available, but I feel like he's untouchable. <laughs> so I, I'll do Does his costume just blue. become blue? Yeah. 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 But so I've been thinking about the goaltending now and just obviously watching it. Um, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that the only way it's really going to work is if Campbell kind of finds his game because you watch Morazic and it's like, mm. it's just really hard to see this being the type of goalie who's going to be able to lead you to a cup. Like he's just so frenetic in there and like he's so much Campbell's yeah. when it, when Campbell's good he's just so calm and like he you you, yeah. you get this aura off him with Morazic it's like the complete opposite like and especially for a team like this that's there like it or not they're going to be fragile in the playoffs at least early on they're going to be waiting for something bad to happen and a calming presence back there you're right is is going to be much more valuable than a guy who always feels like he's like the next shot is going to be the one that beats him. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. No. Let's go through those I think positions. You hope, I think that's that's what you do is you you really 
are focused on trying to get Jack Campbell back. That is the number one question. What was happening in the first half? What has changed in the second half? Um, what can we do? You know, is it a, is it a rest issue? Is it a is it a confidence thing? Has there been uh, was there an intentional change in technique? Has there been some small change? What has that's got to be the question that every morning, Sheldon Keith and his coaching staff and Kyle Dubas and all his analysts and, and everyone have got to be trying to figure out because you, if if you can get Jack Campbell back, and I don't think he has to be great on this team. I don't think he has to be first half Jack Campbell Vezina candidate, but you get Jack Campbell back to being a good goaltender who makes the team in front of him feel confident. Then a lot of the rest of this kind of sorts itself out um, or at least becomes much more manageable. If, if you get to the deadline and you feel like we need a goaltender, then I really don't know what you do because you've, that's going to be your big ad. You may not be able to add anything else. And the way goaltending works, you might bring a guy in and he gives up six goals in the first game and the fans are booing him. And now what do you got? Three guys? Yeah, it's not like like Flurry has this unbelievable history in the playoffs where you're like, that's going to be the guy. Yeah. There's not a huge long list of great goalies that are available here at the deadline. And we, we were looking at teams that have good goalies are going to the playoffs with those goalies. Right. They're they're not, uh, they're not sitting there looking to shop them around for a second round pick. Well, and look at last year, they gave up a third round pick for David Riddich who came in and was terrible and was like, it was a, you know, was a non-factor basically for them entirely. Great nickname. Last year's deadline was such a mess. That was yeah, uh, which that probably hangs over Dubas a little bit too, you know. And it, not that it should, but you're you're sitting there going, "All right, last year we we kind of fired a uh, emptied a lot of the chamber, and it it didn't it didn't do anything." And this is this is really the tough one because the the rest of it you can kind of talk yourself into some optimism a, a little bit at least. Like you can look at the defense and say, "Okay, we got some young guys that they'll get better with more ice, and then Muzzin will come back." you hope, um, and and he'll be healthy and ready to go. That's the optimist view. Maybe the blue line, even on its own, we don't need a big change there. Maybe we bring in a, a sixth or seventh guy so that we've got some some depth, but we're okay. You look at the forwards, all right, top line's great. Second line, hey, John Tavares has been doing this a long time. Guys get cold. Guys, you know, go through slumps. Obviously, for, with him, it's, it's longer than a short-term thing, but he'll get it back. He'll bring Neilander up with him, and and that second line, you know, by the time the playoffs start, that'll still be a better second line than most teams have. We'll be okay, you know. And 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 again, you can bring in some depth. You can get some forwards. Often aren't aren't super hard to get at the deadline. You know, you can talk yourself into all of this, but if the goaltending, if you're sitting there going, we got Jack Campbell on an expiring deal, we've got Peter Mrazek who which we're still locked into for two more years that, you know, nobody's going to want him as an asset. Uh, so, you you know, if you're moving him out, you're that's adding to your price, not subtracting from it. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, I think every day you're, you're just hoping that somebody comes to you and says, hey, I noticed something in Campbell's game and what if we try to fix this and that it works because uh, the rest of it starts to, starts to look really, really shaky on a team that just can't, can't be that heading into the playoffs this year. James, are you going to ask anything? Well, well, Jonas, you said you said before the last comment that you had some direction you were going in, so I was giving you the lane there. 
Uh, that, that James, was polite James idea. has Pokemon <laughs> questions for me. He's, I don't know. I don't know anything about Pokemon, although I'm a little bit terrified. My seven year old's going to be in, my seven year old's going to be into it any minute here. So okay. Probably well, happen. so uh, non Pokemon question. Um, oh. Where I'm still leaning is I still think like you have to find something on defense, and like you watch this stretch without Muzzin, and like there, I think what's been interesting to me is like you watch. Justin Hall without Muzzin and you start to think more that as much of this issue was about Muzzin um, because you watch Brody with him and it's like yeah and you watch Sandine with him and it's it's a little more under control um, if you're ranking priorities what is your ranking right now and I guess that could change in a week based on the goaltending yeah I mean the the, the priority number one is goaltending because that's it's hockey and that's always the priority. But ideally, that's an internal fix. Um, and, and I think you can still hope for that. So I go goaltending defense forward as my, my list of priorities there. Mm. Um, Sean, let's put it this way. If the deadline's tomorrow, what need, yeah. what need are you trying to address? I'm real glad the deadline's not tomorrow <laughs> if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because that's the thing, right? Like on defense, you can go out and yeah, there's there are some big names out there and, and maybe those are the guys you target. But you could do like, you could go and get Justin Braun and say, that's our add to the blue line. Yeah. Doesn't cost like us it. a ton. He comes in, he can he's going to play under third pairing. He can move up around. Like he's not a top or, or even a top forward guy, but you can put him with someone there and you know, spread it out a little bit. And and if not, then, you know, he watches in the press box and he's good to go. Y- you don't do that with goaltending, right? I mean, goaltending, you're either bringing in somebody and saying it's his net now, or you're bringing in probably nobody, uh, unless it's like a Riddick situation where it's somebody who's clearly going to be your, your third string. Um, but Carter Hutton. Just, yeah, Carter Hutton might be that guy. Like, I mean, what's what's, just, what's the point to that? And the issue, like James kind of highlighted earlier, is like you look, I'm looking at the standings right now and I'm looking at all the bottom feeders. Like, which of these teams has goalies that you want? And I, I can't really find that many. It's like I got up to San Jose. I was like, Reimer? And it's like, <laughs> is that is that... Is that better? He's back. I don't yeah. know. He's <laughs> and, back. And then they, I, want to see them, I want them to get the Bruins in the second round and with Reimer in the net. Yeah. And then he wins they, game seven and it's great. I was watching San Jose Boston the other night a couple nights ago and, and the the Bruins top line was lighting up Reimer at the end of the game. And uh, <laughs> it's like, what's old is new again. It's like nine years later. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the guy is flurry. Uh, you know, three cups, including one point something as a starter uh and and the reigning Vesna winner you know we kind of forget that with with him and obviously at his age you never know um but that's the guy that I think if you're going to go out and get someone if he's even willing to move and if he's even willing to move to uh, to this destination I think that's the starting point and and then from there you you very quickly get to guys where it's like is this better than what we have and, you know, at that point, what are we doing? Again, limited space, limited assets. Do you, do you spend it just to, to potentially bring a guy in who's no better than what you have? It sounds obvious when you put it that way. No, of course you don't. At the same time, I, I mean, you can just imagine. I don't know who they're playing the night after the deadline, but can't you just picture the deadline comes and goes, they stick with the goaltending. That goaltender <laughs> gives up four goals in the first period and everybody is just looking at each other going, 
Uh-oh. What did we do? We're screwed. <laughs> they were completely. And look, I mean, the good news is you talked about looking at the, the bottom feeders, the bottom half of the standings. This team is going to the playoffs, this Leafs team, barring something almost unfathomable. They're going to the playoffs. So, you know, this this isn't as bad as if, you know, you're a bubble team and you're sitting there going, we got to win. We, we need every point we can get all the way down. Um, but... It, we've been saying it all year. With it, we've been saying it since the the final buzzer on Game Seven against Montreal. Nothing about the 2021-22 Maple Leafs really matters until the playoffs starts. Uh, that's all that they're going to be judged by. And uh, you know, I remember having conversations. I think with you guys is saying this team could get 120 points. They could have the Hart Trophy winner, the Norris, the Vezina, win the President's Trophy. If they lose in the first round, the season is a is an abject failure. Uh, and that's, you know, that's all that it is. And, uh, and that probably has implications for people's jobs and, you know, what the roster looks like going forward and everything. Well, um, the good news with and, that, and now if the good news with that, Sean, yeah. is they're in the most difficult division in league history. And exactly. They're, they're sitting there right now. Like it almost feels like there's a bit of a, uh, a sense of that, you know, cause I'm sure if we're saying it, the team understands that too. They, they know, and it's kind of like now we're 50 games into the season been playing forever, still got months to go before we get to what matters. And oh, by the way, uh, you're you're going to be playing almost certainly either Tampa or Florida, uh, two excellent teams. Or if everything flips and you, you get back to your winning ways, maybe you win the division, in which congratulations, you probably get the Bruins. Yay. I'm sure they'll be thrilled to see. Uh, like, it's it's almost like, you know, it's 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 like knowing you've got an appointment to get a tooth pulled and you're just like, can we, you know, it's next week. We just fast forward ahead and get it over with. Uh, but you can't. They've got to play this out. And um, yeah. I, I guess the 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 only I, I can take my my Maple Leafs fan pessimism and wrap it around to the other side into optimism and say, if everything was going amazing right now, I'd still be sitting here going, ah, it's a regular season. Who cares? So. <laughs> Maybe I should be saying that when it's going bad and you see a terrible game like last night. I should just say, yeah, it's a regular season. Who cares? Wake me up when the playoffs is, starts. But, man, you'd, you'd like to see them not have very obvious flashing warning signs on the dashboard two-thirds of the way into the season. All right. Well, let's let's take a break and then let's talk about some reasons for optimism. Because as we sit right now, they are the fifth best team in the league. So it's not it's not all bad. Um, and some of the things that have happened this regular season are important for playoffs. Um, so let's take a break. Let's talk about that. Let's we do. We should talk about the Tavares line. And then we have a million questions uh, for you, Sean. So we'll take a break and we'll discuss some optimistic feelings. All right. It's optimism time. Um, so you mentioned the regular season. If you don't have a regular season, you don't find out that, that Michael Bunting and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner suddenly might be the best line in the NHL. That's that's a good sign, right, Sean? That is. Yeah, the Michael Budding signing has been one of the uh, best stories of the year. And, you know, when when this season ends and we're all picking through to everything that Kyle Dubas did and didn't do, uh, that's uh, that's been a phenomenal story. Because, I mean, we all remember – at the end of last season when it was like, oh man, they got to bring Hyman back, right? They got to get this guy back. And then you started to feel like, no, it's it's not going to happen. And you're just thinking, man, are they ever going to miss that guy? If you had frozen time right there and said, they're going to bring a guy in 
<laughs> super cheap. And he's not only going to replace Zach Hyman, he might even be a little bit better than Zach Hyman. And Imagine explaining that. You'd be like, no, this, guy, this guy's good. Uh, yeah. Has he played in the league a long time? No, no. Yeah. Has it, wh- is where he, is he going No, he's from? a rookie. Oh, he's wow, rookie. so he's a young guy. Oh, mm, no. No, not really. not really. He comes from like a good organization? No. Nope, nope. <laughs> and he's going to come in and, you know. He's, is he from he's Europe? Put up no, he's from Scarborough. Zach, yeah. He's going to put up Zach Hyman numbers. No, he's actually going to be better for than like I a million think. bucks. I mean, that was absolutely, if you could have, found the genie lamp that's what you were wishing for if you were the leafs is and and they did it so yeah good good news there and obviously you know austin matthews has been phenomenal mitch martyr has been uh, very very good for the last uh, month plus uh yeah that that first line is absolutely uh, uh absolutely been a great story i'm i'm curious you know we spent a lot of time talking about the goalies and Watching the team the last four or five, six weeks, uh, how much of, of that is what's happening on the blue line? And, and before when Muzzin was healthy, it was it was him that, you know, people were looking at. Justin Hall hasn't had a good season. Now they've been, they brought in Libushkin. They've been scrambling the pairs. Like, how what do we count as a positive and what do we count as a negative here on the blue line with, with the way things stand right now? I mean, I think the blue line's been okay. Um, and, and, it stretches more than okay. I mean, there were there were times during the season where everything was humming for this team, and it was it was all working together. I don't think the goaltending problems are on the blue line, um, and and certainly, I mean that you know in the aftermath of that Detroit game, the ten seven game, I you know I saw a lot of people from other fan bases saying like, yeah, classic Leafs, no defense, no defense, and I was like, there you could have any defense for that game. The way the goaltenders played in that one. Defense didn't matter. Like there's no there's no defensive game plan where it's like, hey, don't make sure you don't let them shoot from the corner. Uh, <laughs> don't you know, let them shoot the at line. all. Yeah, don't let them shoot from you know. The, don't let them float one in from the blue line because that's uh, we can't put our goalie in that position. Uh, it was you know that was just a mess of of goaltending and yeah, I mean certainly every goal that goes in, there's almost always some defenseman nearby that you can focus in on and say, you know, did they play that exactly right? But that's hockey. That's every goal that, that every team gives up. And, um, you know, you're, you're not looking for perfection out of a blue line. You're, you're looking for guys who will give your chance, give your goalie a chance. And the goalies haven't been, uh, haven't been good enough lately. Um, certainly that doesn't mean you can't improve it. You absolutely can. And, and if that can come internally, great. If it comes from adding somebody, um, you know, that's, it's the nice thing about whenever you add somebody to a blue line, the higher up you can add them, not only do you improve that spot, but you bump everybody else down. So you're, you know, if you could bring in a new number two, and I'm, I'm not sure that that guy's out there, but if they could now, suddenly the guy you got number two right now, who's maybe struggling a bit. Now he's a solid number three. And now your number three becomes a real good number four. And it, it just bounces all the way down. So yeah, they, they'll look at that absolutely, but I, I don't. I don't look at this right now and say the defense is making the goaltending look bad. If anything, I, I think the last few weeks it's been the opposite. Well, the numbers would back you up. This is since January first, five on five, they are thirty second in save percentage, eight eighty three. In high danger save percentage, they are thirty second, seven eleven. I mean, some of the defensive numbers suggest exactly what you're saying that they, and I, I, I think I agree. I think some of these breakdowns have been like egregious and then they've ended back, ended up in the back of the net. And it's like, 
man, they're playing terrible defensively. And if that happens three times a game, sometimes like you just need to save. This was supposed to be optimism though. So I don't know how to pivot. <laughs> but let most, most teams will give up, you know, three or five real, you know, real bad chances in a game. Yes. And, you know, if the goalie makes all the saves, you remember that and you go great save by the goalie, but you don't really remember the defensive breakdown that led to it. It's, it's very rare that you come out of a game and say, boy, the defense wasn't very good. It didn't cost them. They didn't give up any goals on those plays, but uh, you know, that'll catch up with them. That's, that's just the nature of how we are as sports fans. If they all go win, you go, the blue line was terrible. Well, I think but some of really, that was happening earlier in the year that Campbell was saving some of those, like yep. he was making ridiculous saves and had a nine thirty save percentage. And because, you know, some of the numbers suggest the Leafs are giving up way more chances off the rush than they did last year, which is, is I think playing into some of what we're seeing night to night. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it just feels like the, I'm stumbling because it, it always feels like so much of our job is just watching a sport that is largely determined by goaltending and coming up with <laughs> narratives that aren't just goaltending over and over and over again. Like whenever I'm doing my season previews, like it's just 32 different way, ways to write if they get goaltending and then, you know, they'll be fine. But if they don't, they're in trouble. And it's, uh, it, goaltending bails you out absolutely when when you're not playing well and you, when you're playing okay which you know I, I i don't think the leafs blue line is playing great right now but when you're playing adequately and the goaltending isn't none of it matters they should just na name the coach of the year the goalie of the year in brackets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, because like Gerard Gallant's probably going to win this year. And it's like, yeah, well, he just happens to have like the guy who might be the MVP. But That's the number one thing. If you're an NHL coach, you just go in and tell the goalie to make some saves. Uh, every every time we write our coach on the hot seat article, what do you do, right? You just go into the league standing, sort by reverse sort by save percentage. Yeah, there's your coaches who are on the hot seat. It's and, like uh, Mr. Burns and the Simpsons telling Daryl Strawberry to hit a home run. <laughs> yeah exactly i He's told him to do that <laughs> brilliant <laughs> strategy sir yep uh before we get to questions i think we should man i, I wanted to get into some optimistic well, optimism yeah, five, I, I keep wanting to ask you like who's you who's the five guest one that's to, coming on for the optimism <laughs> section like who's you who's lose, that you uh, lose five one to buffalo and it's the uh, we have an optimism section of the podcast the next day yeah. <laughs> the one goal was nice well Good it's like them. i mean you zoom out and like they have the sixth best penalty kill the first power play they're fifth in the league in points percentage like and yet, like you narrow into things and it's like, well, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to one and of the problems. Jonas, they haven't won around in 18 years, guys. Let's like. <laughs> yeah. We, we should point out at least that this is in today's NHL. You could do this for every team. You know, Colorado is, is rolling right now. They, they, they're a beast. But just about everybody else, you could look at it and you say, okay, here's a problem. Like go find any fan base you know, maybe Tampa because they're still drunk off the, the last two cups. Every fan base can sit there and go, yeah, you know, the standings say this, but they were worried about this and that and 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 this piece too. I mean, this is, this is what Gary Bettman wants. He wants an NHL where every team has holes and any team can beat any other team and, and who knows. So, you know, the, this all of this pessimism isn't unusual, except that, of course, it's the Maple Leafs, so it gets cranked up and magnified both 
because of the dynamic of the fan base and the market. And also obviously as, as James points out the history, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here and any other team is sitting there going, yeah, there's a lot of flaws. If we lose in the first round, uh, boy, that'll be bad. And in the, in Leafs land, we're saying if they lose in the first round, it's catastrophic. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Tavares line, but Gary Bettman, great commissioner or the greatest commissioner? <laughs> that's not my question. <laughs> trying to get me going. I, that's All right. So what is your, uh, out of your DEFCON level about the Tavares line right now? Is it, I think DEFCON one is the worst, right? That's bad. I, I don't know which way to go, but I'll tell you what, I'll go DEFCON three just, okay. uh, just to disguise <laughs> the fact that I don't know which, uh, which end Let's is not which. Use but also because, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's true right now. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, those are two good players, and, and you know, I say two because I, I, I still, no disrespect to to Kerfoot, but I, I view that as the the Nylander Tavares line. Um, you know, John Tavares is it's it's gone beyond a slump clearly, in, in to the sense that it's it's affecting him. Um, but he had, a, you know, he was real good against Washington. Nobody was good last night, um, especially that line. But uh, you know the. I, I still think they break out and they're, you know, th- this is a guy with a long track record of success and, and the long track record of relative consistency. I mean, there, there are no forwards that are fully consistent and, and you wouldn't want them to be, but um, it, you know, it's still a good player. And William Nylander, we, we saw earlier in the year um, what he can do. I think this is more a case of the ebbs and flows of a season forwards are going to go warm and cold and, and, two key guys who play on the same line or have kind of gone cold at the same time. I don't foresee this being an issue that's, that's going to last for the entire season. I think this is, this is the one piece where in terms of concern, obviously you, if you can get a top six forward to plug in there and, and bump Kerfoot down, you, you're happy to do it. But of all the problems we're talking about, I think this is the one that's most likely to kind of spontaneously solve itself over the course of the rest of the year. I agree. Let's uh, let's take a break and then we have to get into some questions for you. You're on the hot seat. Oh no! All right, it is uh, it's pod bag time. A reminder to support your local restaurants. I'm trying to think. I had I had a burger priest the other night, which you never you're never let down by burger priest. Never. That's what I can say. Restaurants are open, so you can go in person now. That's that's always a that's also a, true. That's a plus. Yeah. All right. We have, because of our guest, we have some unusual questions. They're a little bit different than they, they normally oh, are. I, no. I, th- I think your fans have come out of the... <laughs> this this yeah. one is one of the most upvoted ones. So, and it's, it's odd. Uh, Nick asks, the Senators were eliminated by the Leafs three times, but they found their way all the way to the finals a few years later. What adjustments yeah. did they make? And can the Leafs do something similar? Why are we looking toward those Senators teams as like the, that's the, that's the path that you want to follow? Yeah. So first of all, it was four times, not three times. Uh, and second of all, the adjustment that the Senators made, and I thought this was very smart on their part, was uh, they waited for the Leafs to be terrible and stop making the playoffs. And as soon as the Leafs did that, uh, the Senators were were on cruise control. So uh, what the Leafs need to do, 
Uh, unfortunately for them, it's not just one team that keeps beating them. It's all of them. But they just they just need everyone else in the league to get really bad at the same time. And then, yeah, they, they should be fine. Maybe they're just waiting for the Atlantic to get bad, which is going to take another decade, apparently, with, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Florida's window, it won't be open very long. They're... Uh, their, their guys are all in their mid-20s, so you just got – you waited out another decade and you're all good. I think Detroit and Buffalo are going to be coming at some point too, right? Those rebuild, Buffalo. Those rebuild – they got lots of good and young the, players there. I mean, I mean, Montreal's a juggernaut now because Martin St. Louis uh, figured out <laughs> that he should tell Cole Caulfield to score. And the Senators, I mean, the Senators are in year one of their five-year window of unparalleled success. So, I mean, we can only imagine what the next four years are going to be like. So, I think, you know what? It's time for a rebuild in Toronto. Like, I think you just got to <laughs> shut it down. And, uh, you got to look at 2028. I'm shocked how much you actually hear that and people are serious and they say stuff like that. And it's like, what? Oh, well, wait a few months, man. It's uh, <laughs> blow it up in the first round again. Yep. We still get comments. To, I don't I don't know if you see this, Jonas, but like Twitter and they're like, people are serious. They're like, oh, they need to they need to rebuild. And <laughs> Matthews and Nylander's contracts are up soon. It's like, holy cow. It's bizarre ask buffalo how great it is to be in perpetual rebuilding or ottawa mm-hmm. no ottawa's rebuild's over yeah actually yeah. that was last year i think they're done it's been over for a year i mean catch up please. <laughs> all right justin wants to know this is a this is a good question for for leafs fans this season given what's going on on the ice right now can you explain how freddie anderson is playing so well i know goalies are voodoo but a 930 save percentage after two years of declining play is the Leafs' defensive structure that bad? Uh, the Leafs played were pretty good defensively last year. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they were real good. No, I mean Freddie Anderson was good in Toronto for in the regular for most season of that year. Yeah, most most of his contract last year he was hurt, so you know maybe you you throw a bit of that out. In the regular season, he was good, and it's I'm checking that the Carolina Hurricanes are still in the regular season. So we'll, you know, we'll see, uh, like get to the playoffs and and then we'll see. But yeah, no, I mean, goaltending's weird. Uh, and, you know, also sometimes when you're a guy and you're the, the guy for five years in an organization, and then they sort of say, you know, we're, we're, we're going to move on. Yeah. Maybe you get a bit of a chip on your shoulder. That's, uh, you know, athletes work that way too. And, you know, he may have come in, Maybe a little bit more focused, maybe uh, with something to prove, and and good on him. He's he's having a great season. I, I I hope there are no Leaf fans out there that that are doing anything other than rooting for the guy at least up until uh, you might cross paths with him, cross paths with him down the line. Do you know what's funny, guys? That like now that you're mentioning like Anderson, and I I think it's wait until the playoffs. But how many teams are there that like you can look at and be like, they have no question about their goaltender. Like yeah, there's we- nothing. It's really not that many. Like there's the, mm-hmm. every team you could basically go through and be like, I mean, look at Florida. Florida's like oh, Bobrovsky, uh, maybe Anderson, uh, maybe Jerry. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Sturkin for sure. Tampa, New York. After that, I don't, you know, and now in some of those cases, it's because they've got two goalies that, you know, you would have some Markstrom, I guess. Saros has been real yeah, good. Calgary. Saros has been good. He's, he's been good this year, but even, you yeah. know, yeah. He, you're right. He's he's the unquestioned guy there, but even the last few months, he's he's not been as Markstrom, good. Yeah, Markstrom's a good one, for sure. Vili yep. Husso, definitely. <laughs> but goalies, goaltending's been really weird this year. Like, look at uh, even trying to play fantasy this year with goaltenders. It's like, who's starting every night? Like, there's just all these, like, bizarre 
they hit the record for most goalies that have started in an NHL season like a month ago. And part of that was like COVID and everything. But it's also just that I think and I especially think like rebuilding teams are just like throwing in random guys in the net all the time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw that in, in Montreal for a while where it was like, yeah, these guys aren't good enough, but that's who they had. And I mean, at some point, what are you going to do? Go, go give up valuable assets to to get somebody? I mean, they, they went and got Hammond, but that was that was cheap um yeah it's it's tough here and it's it's i mean that's again that's this league right it's it it sometimes feels like it's 90 percent goaltending but also goaltending is completely unpredictable and uh and and impossible to project with any degree of of certainty unless you've got like a vasilevsky sort of guy and we say that and he'll probably next year put up an 890 for no good reason yeah you know just that's just how it works uh, Connor would like to know when will Sean stop being a coward? And just in general, that's it. Or <laughs> I wanted to end the question there. <laughs> Probably never. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's not looking good. But yeah, he's not much of a bar fight kind of person. I know I've tried to get us into some. When will Sean yeah. stop being a coward and put the Leafs in the Monday rankings where they belong? Mm-hmm. That question. Yeah, no, I've kept him. That question probably looked better before they lost to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, that that was a little while ago. Yeah, no, I've I've kept them out of the top five all year. Uh, they've been close, been close a few times, um, but uh, I'm I'm not like the uh, the the other rankings guys, Sean and Dom, who had him number one at one point. So uh, I, I I never say never, but. There's, I mean, there's been four teams, which is Colorado, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, that have kind of been locked down in in the top four, and then the five spot for me is has sort of rotated through a few teams. But, um, and and that's just you know more reason to be nervous if you're a Leaf fan because when I said those four teams, people were probably like, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, three of them are <laughs> like Tampa, Florida, Carolina might be your path to the Stanley Cup final if you're. The Toronto Maple Leafs, and good luck with that. And then Colorado at the end. And then Colorado at the end. Yeah, that that's your four <laughs> right there. But it won't be, right? Because we all know is this going to end up being like, you know, Washington versus Nashville. And we'll go, okay. Yeah. Well, and everyone will say yeah, James was too. right about UC Saros. Yeah, that's right. That's what they'll say for sure. <laughs> Uh, Paul says he loved Joshua Cloak's article at the beginning of the season on Greg Harden. It was a, that's a great story. People should go read it. Uh, do we have any thoughts on if he's had an impact on the players? I, I, when I go to games, I see him around a lot, like he's hanging out with the players and stuff like that. Um, I know Jonas, you had a story about his work with Mitch Marner and how he's, he certainly helped him. Any, any additional thoughts on that? Jonas? Me? Yeah. You, oh. Well, you've been around the team and you wrote about <laughs> yeah. him. I don't see him. I don't see him a lot in the Ottawa suburbs. Just <laughs> for the record, he's not. I don't bump into him all that often. Yeah. When I well, said when I'll, I said your no- name and stepped on your foot, Jonas, that was your cue to talk and answer this one. <laughs> well, all I know is like Marner raved about him, and if you've watched Marner in the last two months, I mean, it, it certainly looks like something has unlocked. And like you look at Marner, basically. After the start to the season, when I think they really started working even more closely together, like it has helped. It, it, it so that's all they were hoping for. Like if you bring in a guy like that with that kind of history, that maybe he can figure something out with Marner, with 
different players. Like we the, the the challenge games, like as you know, and Sean knows, like we don't get to talk to these guys in the same fashion as we used to. Like so, it's harder to get a sense for how much of an impact Greg Harden has had with various guys because in a press conference, it's yeah, it's tough to dig into that kind of thing. So so uh, Jack. Have you talked to James uh, Greg Harden about these things, James Harden? So that's all. Try I have him to say. too. Yeah. Try him too. Why not? He's he's been stable. Well, so uh, yeah. we all remember when the postseason press conference when they lose to Montreal last year, and and I believe it was Dubas and Shanahan were saying like they kept saying killer instinct over and over again was what they needed, and then everyone was like, well, how the hell are they going to address that? Like, are they, who are they? Killer gonna, instinct coach. They're going <laughs> to they're going to sign Danny Briere or like someone who's like been a great playoff performer. Like, what what do they do? And so part of the what the route they're going here is they, they get like a mental performance person to come in who's worked with Tom Brady and you know Michael Phelps and some of these great athletes and they're that they're looking for killer instinct there and I think that if the Leafs do have success in the playoffs people are going to be talking about Greg Harden more but that's I mean that's the way it always is right I mean you have success in the playoffs people like us look at everything you did and we say it worked and if you don't, we say it didn't work. You know, at the end of the every year we get to the final and we look at those two teams and go, these are the two teams with the best chemistry, the best killer instinct, the best leadership. What a coincidence that they made it to the final. But, oh, by the way, we didn't know any of this until they made it to the final. I, it's it, Look, killer instinct is absolutely what they needed against Montreal. The, the, the way that they laid an egg in game five and then came out in game six just completely sleepwalking. And then was, in game seven. <laughs> I mean, game seven wasn't great, but I mean, game five and game six were, yeah. I mean, just, just all, I mean, game five, you could maybe, maybe just a little bit understand that, you know, they gone the three games before you just won three in a row. You feel like, okay, they're going to fold. We're going to take it home. But then it's game six. You know, if you get to a game seven, it's, it's, it's going to be chaos. Go out there in Montreal in front of 500 whole fans and just, blow them out of the water right away. And instead it was, I mean, they were even worse than in game five. And boy, you talk about that killer instinct. It's tough to have during the regular season, but if you were going to have a killer instinct during the regular season, I'd probably be looking at a stretch where I played teams like, uh, I don't know, Buffalo, Vancouver, Columbus, Seattle, Arizona, and then Buffalo again, uh, which is the six game stretch that the Leafs are on right now and say, that's where the killer instinct comes out. That's where you say, that's 12 points and we can get all 12 of them. And if we do, we're on a nine game win streak. We're the hottest team in the league. We're in first place in the Atlantic. Let's, let's do it right now. And game one of that stretch, they just come out absolutely sleepwalking uh, against a, a Buffalo team that isn't very good, but was more than good enough uh, to, to roll over that effort. All right. I don't understand this sentiment. How am I doing at the optimism one? I'm, I'm doing good, right? Like this is. Uh, I think that I think that that section of the podcast was 30 seconds long, and it was about half okay. about half an hour ago. So I think you're all right. All right, good. <laughs> uh, Greg wants to know with the recent goalie struggles, um, should the Leafs just stand pat at the trade deadline? Uh, if they add another skater or defenseman forward. Uh, is it really going to help in the playoffs if the goaltending is shaky? Maybe they should just save their picks and their prospects um, and go goalie shopping in the summer. I mean, that's that's not optimism at all. That is like literally giving up on the season before, yeah. already. That's but, fatalism right yeah, there. That's, that's a sad Leafs fan like staring at the floor after that Buffalo game and, and wondering where it all went wrong. Yeah, I mean, the answer is no. I, you, you 
you can't. The, the, there's and you know we often talk at the deadline. This is you know, people know this is one of my favorite topics. Is how we, as we get close to the deadline, GMs start telling us why they can't do anything. They they start lining up the excuses, and one of them is always oh they you know the chemistry in our room is so good, so we've got such a perfect mix. And if we bring if we make a move, that might disrupt things. And the flip side of that, and we've seen it in hockey and and notably in some other sports too, where sometimes the deadline comes and goes and you don't do anything, and that really demoralizes a team because they feel like the organization has given up on them, or they feel like they've the white flag has been waved. They they're sitting there going, We're busting our tails, but our front office, we're waiting for the reinforcements and they never came because they didn't bust their tails to do their job. And I think if the Leafs were to stand pat, that would send a very clear message to that room that we don't think you're good enough. We don't believe in you. And uh, like I said, this is this is a pretty fragile group to begin with. I don't maybe that would rally them, but I don't think so. I think it would it would send them the message to shut it down. You know, it's amazing. It's not even two years ago. And at the deadline, remember, the Leafs did nothing that one year, like going into that series where the bubble and playing Columbus and a lot of the talk going into that deadline. It's funny if you go back and read the stories, a lot of the talk going into that deadline was, are they going to trade Tyson Berry or not? And that by yes. not trading him, that was the like vote of confidence or something. It was, and it was like the yeah. worst vote. And of that confidence. was that was the one right after the David Ayers game. Like it was yeah. two days after, and people were like, "Is is it was going to blow the whole thing up now? Do you, yeah. do you trade everyone to?" And yeah, they they didn't. They they kept it stable. But then last year, I mean, last year was the the two hundred hockey men deadline, and did not did not go well. That one last year was trade every pick we have for as many guys that are going to be our 13th forward and 7th defenseman as we can. Because it's going to be yep. a long run because <laughs> they had a patsy that in was the first it. round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe it would have worked out well in the long run, but... Uh, Riley Nash has heard it doesn't matter. We're going to be playing like 20 playoff yeah, it's games, fine. He'll, you know. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be, be ready he'll be by the, July. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll be ready by the time we need him to be. <laughs> um. I believe we've lost Jonas. So if you have no, anything you want to say, we oh, got oh, me back. You're back. Oh, excellent. Hi. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jonas has been drinking apparently. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know if people hear that, but we're getting the I love the slurring. Nash is going to be like a. I like wow. that. <laughs> Jonas, you sound like you're being. The sad thing is, this sounds like half the conversations I've had with the fans over the last few years. So it's it's going well. Jonas is being sucked into Tron right now. That's what's happening. <laughs> Jonas, are you the lawnmower right. man? <laughs> Are we still good, Sean? We can keep going here. Yeah, we can keep going. I, okay. I gotta, I, I gotta do the other show in eight minutes or whatever. Well, it is, this is the okay. I'm just gonna say, all, I'm gonna say all the same things again, anyway. So. Yeah, but you know, Mendez is like that guy needs to be put in his place. So I think that you know we can make him sure. wait a couple minutes. I'll just, yeah, we'll just big league him. <laughs> let's see, let's see how he just does on his own. Blame it on Jonas. Uh, yeah. All right. Jonas had a few too many, and uh, yeah. <laughs> here's here's a question for you. Mark wants to know for DGB if Prime Wendell was put on Austin and Mitch's left wing, would they form the greatest line in hockey history, or would the universe implode because of the power that was unleashed? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's you're eighty two and zero at that point. We go into the <laughs> we go into the game options menu. We turn line changes off, and uh, those those guys. I, I mean. You know, to to have like a, a generational MVP level talent, and then to give him 
Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner to play with. That would be uh, that would be something else. Or we would find out that prime Wendell Clark couldn't skate anywhere near well enough to play in this current version of the league. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my I'm gonna stick with my version. What you, what are your thoughts? Mark also has a question about Chikrin. If the Leafs were interested in Chikrin, could they acquire a bunch of Coyotes players? Uh pay their salary and leave them in the AHL. Uh, I, he, I think he's galaxy braining the Carter Hutton thing. I, there's not a whole bunch of AHL players making big money in, in Arizona. That's, that's just not a, an option there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they've, they've got a, they've got a floor to worry about too. So, yeah. And it, it, so with, with Chikrin, I, I've been talking to some people around the league and, you know, he, for one, he's a left shot, but for two, I just don't think he's really what the Leafs need. I, I know that he's probably the biggest name that's out there and available, but, uh, you know, the teams I've talked to are a little bit concerned that just what his ceiling looks like and and with the n- number of assets that the Coyotes are going to ask back for him. Yeah, as they should. I mean, there, his his contract is is so good and runs for so long that there is should be no pressure at all on the Coyotes to move him, which doesn't mean that as a rebuilding team, you don't answer the phone. But I, I think the Coyotes so far have played this pretty well. They put his name out there um, and in in the hopes that somebody's going to hit them with a big offer, the price is very high. And, and if nobody does, you can revisit in the off season or next year or the year after that. You're, you're under no pressure. This isn't uh, you know, this isn't a Klingberg situation where you got to get something if if you're going to move them now. Um, they they've got all the time in the world, so I I I still don't think they move him. It's so funny, Jonas. Jonas's internet is toast, so he's not coming back. And the producer and Jonas are both freaking out because I have to do I have to do the extra on the podcast, which has never happened oh, no. in all the years we've done. Do you know this. how to do those they're, at all? They're sending me like all these messages, and I'm like trying to James, you have to open the document, and it's like eh, whatever. I'll, I'll figure oh, out I'll figure out how to end the show when I when yeah. I don't I don't get Ian doesn't <laughs> let me do any of that stuff. I got to, if, if you need me to read a Manscaped ad, I can do that. But other than that, so. I'm very much like just like the yeah. Jonas keeps us on the rails, so we've never had it where he like craps out in the middle of a show, and we have a guest, so we have to just keep going. <laughs> it's like that you are the backup goalie right now, who's being called in in Game Seven, and I'm I'm not liking the vibe. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> well, we're keeping this on the rails. I think it's going pretty well. Uh, mm, okay. All right. Here's another question. Uh, I know he's been great in the past, and this isn't a knock on the guy, but is Muzzin redeemable at this point, or is he a liability? Uh, it seems like Hall is playing great when he's not playing with Muzzin. What do you, what do you do with Muzzin at this point? Like, let's say he he trends toward better health here in the next two or three weeks. What what's your game plan with him? Yeah, I mean, I, I know everyone's waiting for them to shut him down for the season and then bring him back fully healthy for for the playoffs but i think there's certainly value in getting if uh, first of all obviously if he's at full health um but if he is then then you get him back out there because you really want to settle him down even uh, not even so much as far as planning around the the deadline you're that that timing isn't going to work out but i want to see and i want to give him a chance to get his game back i don't want to drop him in to the playoffs in game one and say, Hey, you know, you know, you, this is your first time back. You're rusty. Uh, uh, conditioning could be an issue. And you were terrible. The last time we saw you get out there and play 20 minutes in a super high pressure environment. I, I think you, 
you want to get him out there, find who he's going to play with. If, if it's not Hall, then okay, that's, let's find somebody else. But uh, yeah, I mean, as, as far as is he redeemable, I mean, age comes for everyone. Um, how much of that is, is what we're seeing this year versus how much could be other factors. Tough to say, but yeah, it's, he's, he's a very, very important player for the Leafs. We, we saw the last few years when, when he got hurt in the playoffs, how that affected them. Um, you, if there's anything you can do to get him right, obviously you do it. And if that means you bring him back and, and you don't play salary cap games, then that's what you do. Well, I think the tough thing, he's 33 years old. He's had all these injuries. Trying to expect him to come back and play the first game of the playoffs and play a significant role makes no sense at all. So if if you are going to do the salary cap games, you can't really expect much out of Muzzin. So not only do you have to try and add a defenseman to bolster your blue line that you had, you have to find a way to replace Muzzin. And some people might say, well, that, that's that's not that difficult given the way he's played, but he's been such an important piece of this team for the last couple of years. Um, I think in an ideal world, you, you he can he can serve as kind of a third pair guy and maybe you play him with Labushkin and just say, you know, you don't ask him to do a whole lot and he plays fewer minutes. Sometimes the, the tough thing can be is that that's a bit of a transition for a guy that's used to playing so much and being such a big part of your team. Um, and sometimes those guys have a hard time transitioning to playing 13, 14 minutes a game. So it's I think it's a tough spot either way, whether he comes back now or during, or the start of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's uh, it, it is a one more log to throw in the fire of things that are complicating the Maple Leafs lives these days. All right, let's go one last one and then I will try and not screw up the extra, uh, which apparently is the most important thing part of this show, what I didn't realize. Uh, Steven wants to know if the Leafs could magically bring back one player from team history onto this roster, who should it be? Well, I mean, other than me wanting <laughs> Wendell Clark, um, I, I don't know, who do you who do you bring back? I mean, Gilmore, Sundin, Sittler were all centers. Is, is that what you need? You probably need a blue liner, but I, I mean, so, who was the last Salming? really great defense? Yeah, I mean, maybe it might be might be Salming or, or a few weeks of Brian Leach. I mean, Thomas Carrelly was real good. I don't think that's who you want. Or maybe you just want like 1999 vintage Curtis Joseph. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what uh, I was thinking. Know. Yeah, can you imagine? Especially if- since he was a guy that, I mean, that that Pat Quinn team was so fun because they, they basically were like, we got Curtis Joseph. You know what? Screw defense. You guys go play offense and he'll be facing three on O's at the other end. And it, it actually worked. Um, that's probably my answer. I'd, I'd bring him back and... Uh, He's he's my goalie, and uh, then the rest of it works itself out because he's used to being on his own back there. As long as he doesn't attack a referee, that was going to be my answer. But now I'm picturing like Sil Apps or like someone from like the 30s or something, and you just imagine you just teleport him right into an NHL playoff game right now. Yeah. <laughs> just bring him. Hey, Teeter Kennedy, get out there! And he's just plopping out there with his big thick wooden stick. And what are we doing? Why is everybody skating as fast as they can? Where do I smoke? What's this jumbotron above my head? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Screw it. No, forget it. My answer is you can have Curtis Joseph bring back Ally Afraidy. I just want to see it just for the fun. If we're, if we're going to go down, let's go down fun. And uh, let's, let's bring bald bullet Ally Afraidy, fastest skater, hardest shot at the same time. I don't think you want current, just- you don't definitely don't want current Ally Afraidy out there because I've seen him and he's, uh, 
Aged, he's aged yeah. a little bit, you know, since those, he's since aged those exactly days. exactly the way you would expect <laughs> Ally Afraidy to have aged. Uh, let's just say this. Uh, God bless him for it. Yeah, that's for sure. I know he likes to have a good time. I'll say that much. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks for being here, DGB. This has been fantastic. Uh, sorry that Jonas turned into Tron. Uh, got sucked into his computer there partway through the oh, show. That was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I hope they keep that. I hope they don't just cut that out because <laughs> never heard that before. His internet was like dying while he was talking and he thought he was part of the conversation too, which was interesting. Yeah. It's <laughs> just two minutes late on right. his Riley Nash punchline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for listening to The Leaf Report. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and don't forget to leave a rating and review. And right now, get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash leafreport. See, I can do that. That's pretty good. That was well done. (laughs) Now, do you want to read a Manscaped ad for us? You know, uh, when you're on the hot seat, things sometimes get a little bit sweaty. No, I don't want to do that at all. No, thank you. All right, bud. Thanks for doing that. And uh, be well and and tell Mendez that uh, we need him to to shape up and stop being such a such a a hole all the time. I will. I will pass that message along to him. Excellent. See you, man. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.